0: this series on gifts of the season. We've already talked about the gift of relationship, which is rooted in love. We've also talked about the gift of the word, the living word of God. And now we're talking about the gift of wisdom. So if you haven't heard the previous episodes, be sure to go back and listen and hear those as well. In this gift of wisdom, I want to just start by saying that The book of Proverbs in the Bible talks a lot about wisdom. And the reason that the book was written was to provide some knowledge and information, some wisdom and instruction. And if we think about it, when you have the word of God, you still have to know how to properly and rightly apply the word of God. And that application, that practical aspect is the wisdom aspect. So this book was written so that we would have understanding, so we would have instruction and in wisdom and in justice and judgment and in equity. And in the first chapter of Proverbs and in verse 23, one of the things it said, it says, turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you so sometimes when we're going in the wrong direction or we're not paying attention to god he does rebuke us because he wants us to hear his words and to properly apply what he is sharing with us he goes on further to say down in verses 28 of the same first chapter of proverbs he says then they will call on me but i will not answer They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me, because they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord. They would have none of my counsel and despised my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. So there is a consequence when we are not listening to God, when we're not paying attention to the wisdom that he provides and he wants us rather to hear and rather to put his words and wisdom into operation in our lives and we've already talked about many times how that the wisdom that is god's wisdom is far above the wisdom of man and in fact the foolishness of god is much wiser than any wisdom of men and that's in first corinthians the first chapter and verse 25. So all things really are ours because they first belong to God and he gave them to us. And he's instructed us to avoid the worldly wisdom because that's not really true wisdom. And in fact, in Isaiah, the 55th chapter, verses 8 and 9, God talks about how his thoughts are not His not our thoughts, his ways are not our ways, and as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are his thoughts ways above our ways and in fact i just want to give an example which i know we probably have visited with this example before but it's an example about how god's wisdom is different from what people might say to do if we look at an incident in the life of paul in acts the 21st chapter he knows that his time is short he knows that he's going to be taking a trip to rome where he knows he's being sent to testify about the good news of god and that this is the last time he will see his friends and the people who he cares about in all the regions around jerusalem so he's about to head to jerusalem and all of those people who know god they are seeing visions and they're hearing in advance that there's going to be nothing but trouble for him in jerusalem and so the prophets of god say to him no don't go this is going to happen that's going to happen And as he goes, he hears from Philip's seven daughters who prophesy, he hears from Agabus, another prophet, and Agabus even does a little skit for him and has a belt and binds himself with the belt and says, this is what's going to happen to you if you go to Jerusalem. But Paul knew that even if we look at it from earthly terms that it seemed like a mission he should avoid it was actually the very mission that god wanted him to go on so whether it was going to be dangerous or not he had to go to jerusalem and of course he goes there all kinds of things do happen to him at jerusalem and it's from there that he appeals to caesar which means he gets to be sent to rome and he goes to rome in essence as a prisoner under guard because of all the unrest that happened in jerusalem and caesar is supposed to hear his case as he takes the ship and acts the 27th chapter the boat to go to rome they have a lot of challenges they're in one port along the way and paul says to the centurion who's the roman guard so that he can say to the captain it's not safe for us to continue on this journey and if we continue." we're gonna have significant loss. Now, of course, Paul's a prisoner. They don't listen to him and they decide to go on anyway because the harbor where they are, they have determined this is not a great place to winter. So they wanna move forward and go to another harbor. And it looks good outside. They think that they can make it. However, as they are heading on their way, a big storm brews up. It's a horrible storm. They're probably in danger of losing their lives, and they know this. And so they've thrown the tackle of the ship overboard. They've thrown overboard anything they didn't really absolutely need to sustain life, including the cargo that they were taking over to Rome, and some of the food items as well, not all but some of them. And so an angel of God visits with Paul in the night and tells Paul, you're going to go through a huge storm and everyone is going to be spared because you are on the boat. And because you're on the boat, and I want you to go to Rome, he says, everyone who is on the ship with you are also going to be saved. And so, Paul goes to the centurion and lets him know, I've seen, had a visit with an angel of the Lord who says, we will all be okay. However, we have to stay with the boat the boat's going to ultimately be destroyed but our lives will be preserved and now they're starting to listen to Paul because the storm had brewed up just as he said they weren't going to be able to get to the port that they wanted to go to so they're going to have to have an interim plan and so Paul has said to them giving them some instructions about what they should do in order to preserve the lives of everyone that is on the boat And so they get to a place where it becomes really scary. And from a human standpoint, it would look like you should jump ship and get off right away. And some of the sailors were planning to do that. And Paul warned them and said, you can only be saved if you stay with the ship. So even though earthly wisdom said, go, heavenly wisdom said, stay. And ultimately, everyone did stay with the ship. Ultimately, the ship was destroyed, and eventually they all landed alive and intact on the island of Malta. And it was there that they wintered, and it was there that they regrouped, and later from Malta, they sailed and went on to Rome. Sometimes where God is leading us looks dangerous, and it looks like the place where we shouldn't be and earthly wisdom would say, get out immediately. And yet it may be through that very storm and very danger where he wants us to go. I want you to remember too, that when Jesus was born in Bethlehem and the Magi, the wise men came, the reason that they came to that place is that they had seen a star, which they refer to as his star So, they knew that the Messiah had been born, and they were coming to find out where he was. Now, only God was able to reveal this to them. That's how they were informed of it and aware of it. And as they're heading, they thought, well, surely the Messiah must be in Jerusalem. So, they're heading in that direction, and they run into Herod, and Herod finds out that they're looking for some king that was to be born, some king of the Jews, and of course he's very upset about this, and so he says, well, how do you know he's here? And he's says, oh, we've seen the star, we know that he's somewhere and we're finding him, we're going to find him. Of course, Herod pretended that he too wanted to go and worship this king and said, well, when you find him, let me know. And so on but as they go they find where jesus the baby is they go and they bring him gifts and so on however as they are about to leave and return home they would have gone back to tell herod where he was because they didn't know that herod meant him harm but again god visited them through an angel and said no don't go back that way go home another way don't tell herod anything because obviously Herod doesn't have the right mindset. So what I'm saying is that the word of God comes to you at the right time with the wisdom of God to lead you to the place where you are supposed to be and the place of promise, the place where you will see what blessing he has in store. So when you think about yourself as a ministry leader, how are you praying then For the wisdom of god in your workplace and in your business you are on the boat if you will you are on the ship of your business as a marketplace ministry leader and you're there to receive the uncommon wisdom of god it's not necessarily what other people will do so in that situation in that setting how are you praying for that divine wisdom and revelation? Where is God leading you? That may be counterintuitive. How is the wisdom of God through you blessing your business and the people who work in your company? Now, if you're not so sure that you truly have the wisdom of God, or maybe you think you need more of it, the good news is that James 1 and 5 says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. So ask in faith, ask for the wisdom of God, and he's already promised that he would provide it. And if we were to look further in James, it tells us that our God is a God who gives good gifts to his children particularly when they ask him, and he will not withhold his Holy Spirit from us. So we need to be in the habit of asking, be in the habit of looking to see where God is working and what he is doing. So I will share another verse with you, which is in 1 Corinthians, the second chapter and verse 16. And it says, for who has known the mind of the Lord That he may instruct him but we have the mind of christ so go forward and know that with the mind of christ you have access to all wisdom from god he will give you everything that you need and it won't be common wisdom it'll be uncommon it'll be what god says not what man says for your life and For your business. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening, and remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.